Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. Good morning. As Max said before, my name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor here at Grand Valley Church. And if you haven't met me before, I just want to say an extra welcome. Thanks for coming and being here with us. We're in a series that we've been in for a little while called Supernatural Gifts, and we're talking about spiritual gifts. And what spiritual gifts are is they are specific abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to every follower of Jesus so that we are able to build each other up and we're able to impact and encourage and strengthen the church so that we can do what God has called us to do as a church. And so if you're here and if you're put your trust in Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. You may not know it, you may not have discovered it yet, or maybe you've discovered it, but you haven't figured out how to use it yet. And that's why we're doing this series and why we've been digging into this topic, because we want you to be able to use your spiritual gifts, and we want to be able to be empowered and equipped for how the spiritual gifts are built and designed to empower the church. And so our definition that we've been working on through this series has been this one from Bobby Clinton, a a theologian that we've been basing this off of some of his work of saying that spiritual gifts are a specific ability that's given to all followers of Jesus by the Holy Spirit for the sake of ministering to one another. And so spiritual gifts are how the Holy Spirit empowers and equips the church to achieve God's mission. And throughout this series, just to give you a little bit of a recap, we've divided up the spiritual gifts into kind of three broad categories. There's about 19 or 20 spiritual gifts in total, and we've split them up into three categories of gifts that are word-focused, gifts that are love-focused, and this chunk of the series, we're focusing on gifts that are, that we use this term, power gifts, because these are the gifts that reveal that God is present Because we often, we can't deny that this is God moving because these gifts happen in ways that go beyond human understanding. It's true that we can see the love and the word gifts lived out in ways that we may not recognize them as spiritual gifts. We may just think, oh, that person is just so compassionate. They're so caring. They're always there. And it's like, well, wait a second. They're actually doing that because of a gift of mercy. And so the power gifts are different because when power gifts happen, we can't deny that these came from God because that's the only way it could happen for these power gifts to exist. And so today we're talking about three gifts from the power series that would fall into what I would call the communicative gifts because all three are about ways that the Holy Spirit shares messages with us. And so today we're going to talk about the gifts of prophecy, gift of words of wisdom, and the gift of words of knowledge. And all of these are about how the Holy Spirit relays information, gives us messages from God to be able to help us. Now, if you're here, and maybe if you have some experience in churches, maybe ours or a different church, and if you're looking at these three gifts and you're like, oh, wait a second, you know, I've had a bad experience with this. Someone told me they were a prophet and they gave me a message and it was just horrible. And you're like, I don't, I, I, I want to be standoffish from this. I want to ask you to do something. Just for today, could you maybe take that past experience and just maybe set it aside? It's still an experience that happened that may need to be sorted and worked through and say, how can, how can God redeem that previous experience? But what we're doing in this series is we're laying a common foundation for these gifts and how they work and how we can rely on them together. And so what I want to ask you to do is maybe just take that experience from the past. Can you just set it aside if you need to? And we're going to talk about how God puts parameters around these gifts near the end. But would you be willing to just be open 
to say, if this is in Scripture and if this is how the Holy Spirit acts, how can we have a common understanding around how God moves in these ways? And so we're going to start with the gift of prophecy. And we're going to go to Romans 12, one of the times when Paul was writing a letter to a church that he, in a city that he had not visited yet, and he was trying to equip and empower them for what they needed to do in Rome, the capital of the known world at the time. And Paul told this to the Romans church. He said, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So he's acknowledging there is this gift of prophecy. So what is the gift of prophecy? And we're going to again go to, to Robert Clinton for some help on this. Here's his definition. He says, the gift of prophecy is exercised when someone, usually in a congregation or a large gathering, has the capacity to deliver truth of a predictive nature or a situational word from God. The result is to exhort the community, edify or comfort the believers, or convince non-believers of God's truth. Now, that's a long definition, so let's slow this down and unpack it a little. So there's a qualifier at the beginning. He says the gift of prophecy is usually the intended recipient is a congregation or a large gathering. This is usually words of prophecy are meant for a group, meant for a church, meant for a gathering. They're not a one-on-one. It's meant for a group. And the capacity of prophecy is twofold. He says it's truth of a predictive nature. So that means it could be truth about something that's going to happen. And usually we kind of see this happen in ways that someone that has a, a word of prophecy given to them will be given to let them know this is what God is about to do. And the reason for it is so that the church or the congregation or the gathering can position themselves to be in line with what God is about to do. And the second half of this is that sometimes these words are not about the future. It's a situational word for this moment. It's a way of bringing clarity to the current reality, a way of seeing things through God's eyes in a way that couldn't be seen through human eyes alone. And the result of this is three things. He says to exhort the community. That means to encourage, to call to an action, to say there is a specific step that we need to take as a church to position ourselves for what God is going to be doing. That's what exhort means. Or to edify is to build up, to comfort, to bring encouragement, to help us see what God is doing. Or the third one is to to convince non-believers of God's truth. Because this is what happens when, when prophecy happens, especially the predictive type. And someone says, you know, God's been speaking to me about this is going to happen. And then, you know, we don't know. Sometimes we know the time frame. It's going to be in three months. Or sometimes we don't know. But when that thing happens... When God does what he says he's going to do, there's this moment where we have to go, wow, you know, back then that person said that, and then now it came true. This is God confirming himself and demonstrating what he does. And so the gift of prophecy can convince people of God's truth by us seeing what happens. Now, the gift of prophecy, when we say, what does this look like when it happens? Well, the gift of prophecy has a lot of different ways it can be lived out. And there's different forms for different people with this gift. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak with words, with images, with pictures, with visions, dreams, sensations, or more. There's different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks because he'll speak in ways that you'll receive. Now, the gift of prophecy, 
is actually a gift that I have. And this is a gift that happens to me sometimes. And so I want to take a moment and give you an example of this by walking you through some, one of these. The way that, that the Holy Spirit often speaks to me in this is through visions. And so it's like a short little movie clip that will just kind of, I almost use the term like download, like it's like the Holy Spirit kind of implants and gives this to me. And then I'm often there, okay, what did that mean? And I got to sort through it. And so back on February 26th, I wrote it down in my journal. We were not in this spiritual gift series yet. In fact, it was still a month or so away from starting. And as I was praying and prepping for the series, I was asking God, what do you want to speak to our church through this series? What message do you want to give to us? And immediately I was given a picture, a moving picture, a vision, an image of standing on the edge of a large riverbank. And the river was kind of deep and wide and across, and there was big, steep banks. But the river in the middle was a stream running through the bottom. And I was kind of looking, I was looking down at this, this small stream of clear, pure water running through this wide riverbed. And I looked upstream, and off in the distance, there was a set of floodgates. And the water that was making the stream that was flowing in front of me was the water that was seeping around the edges of this creaking floodgates. And then that was it. That was the picture. I asked God, what do you want to say? What do you want to instruct? What do you want to show to our church? And I get this vision of seeing this happen. So what do you do with that when a vision like that happens? Or however way you may experience this gift if this is one of your gifts. Well, let's go back to Romans for a second because Paul put a qualifier there. He said, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So sometimes these visions and pictures will be like that one I had where it was very clear and where it was very evident. I felt like I was standing on the riverbank as I saw it. But sometimes visions that God will give or words of prophecy may seem fuzzy and unclear. And so we have to respond with the amount of faith we have in the clarity of the vision. And so if we're unsure, sometimes there's this extra step because a little bit later, when Paul was writing his letter to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church was struggling with these spiritual gifts, and so it's where we find the bulk of Paul's instructions to the church. In 1 Corinthians 14.29, Paul gives this instruction about prophecy. And he says, let two or three people prophesy, and let the others evaluate what is said. And so this is the biggest key part of the gift of prophecy. All prophecy must be evaluated and discerned before it can be applied. We need to have this moment where we stop and we say, okay, God, what does this mean? Is this true? Is this from you? Or was this just, I had really spicy hot wings last night and I've got indigestion today and that's what's causing it. We actually have to run through some filters. And so how do we do that? What are the ways that we discern what prophecy means? And there's four of them. Scripture, experience, reason, and confirmation. So let's walk through those for a moment. So scripture When we evaluate a prophecy through Scripture, it means that we say, does this line up with what God has already said in Scripture? Does this line up with the way that God has already spoken to us? And so for my vision that I saw of the the small river and the large floodgates and more water on its way, every time Scripture talks about water, it's always in reference to life. In fact, Jesus himself called himself the living water, that those who drink from it will not become thirsty again. And rivers and water are a constant metaphor for the Holy Spirit, for God's love, God's life being given to us. 
And so there's an immediate kind of alignment of saying that if I'm seeing a vision that's about this, it lines up with how that is used in Scripture. But this also means that if you have this gift, it is critically important that we are spending time in Scripture, that we know what Scripture says, so that we're able to use that as the filter for what we think God is speaking to us. If I don't know Scripture, if I'm never spending time reading God's Word, then I don't know what there is to filter my experience of the gift of prophecy through. So we have to spend time digging into Scripture. The second lens of discernment is experience. What does it feel like when it happens? Is this a repetition of ways that God has previously spoken to you? So our experience with seeing gifts of prophecy, and this also applies to word of wisdom and word of knowledge, is saying, does this feel the same way that it did the last time God spoke to me this way? And over time, as you lean into your gift and as you discover and learn more about it, you get the sense of, yeah, this is the Holy Spirit. We become quicker to recognize the Holy Spirit moving when we spend more time engaged with God. And so experience is this lens. And so for me, this is a way that God often, when he gives me information through the gift of prophecies, often through these like, you know, that whole vision, you know, it took me longer to say it than the time it took to happen. The whole thing was maybe five to six seconds long of God giving this information and the Holy Spirit prompting it. And then there's the part of saying, so what do we do? We evaluate. So then there's reason. You know, God gave us intellect and the ability to think and the ability to critically evaluate things for a reason. Does the message make sense? Or is it just crazy out there? Does the message make sense to our minds because we know that God will speak to us in ways that we can understand? So does the message make sense? And the last one is probably the biggest, confirmation. God will never be offended by us asking for confirmation, by asking him, say, hey, could you, you know, can you confirm this in some way? And then maybe it'll be through reading scripture, you'll see the same thing happen in scripture, or sometimes the confirmation happens through someone else. And so short time after I had that picture, that vision that God gave me, our ministry leadership team was meeting, and so I shared it with them. And immediately they were like, yeah, that rings true. That fits with what we're seeing in our church. This is a situational wisdom of what is happening in our church right now. This message that God gave on February 26th was about our church recognizing that there is more to come. That the waters of the Holy Spirit that we are experiencing, we may think we are fully into it, but there is still more yet to experience. The water that we're experiencing is what's creaking around the floodgates, but it's time for those floodgates to be opened. It's time for us as a church to recognize and see these spiritual gifts, to see the way the Holy Spirit is moving and in our midst and start leaning into it. In fact, I would be devastated if we went through this whole series on spiritual gifts and everyone said, that's really great information. Let's just pack it away. That would be devastating to me to say that we have spent this time learning about the ways that the Holy Spirit moves and acts and it's about preparing us for more And for us to say, that was just good information. No, it always comes down to how do we apply it? How do we live this out? God doesn't just want to fill our brains with information. God wants our hearts to be in tuned to him for us to dive deep into who he is so that we walk together and that we achieve and we do what God has called us to do. 
And the gift of prophecy is a critical part of us understanding and receiving these large kind of instructions for what we need to do. And prophecy always has a purpose. And this purpose comes a little bit later when we say this, and Paul says this, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after another so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. We need to be encouraged by the gift of prophecy because it's one of the ways of seeing our current reality clearly or seeing a predictive nature of what God is about to do. And we need to be encouraged by that. See, in fact, if you have uh, someone shares a word of prophecy and you're sitting there and all of a sudden your arms cross, you're like, I feel off by this, I feel angry, I feel upset. One of two things is happening. One, the prophecy might just be wrong. You know, it may be the spicy tacos from the night before. And that's why we evaluate and we discern it. But if we're closed off, there's a second layer that we need to discern and say, am I closed off to the Spirit? Have I put up a barrier between me and the Holy Spirit, between me and God, and I'm not willing to receive what the Holy Spirit is doing? And so I'm going to choose to be upset or I'm going to choose to be dismissive of this gift when it happens. So there's a two-way discernment that has to happen. We have to say, what is our heart at? Because the gift of prophecy should always bring learning and bring encouragement. It always has to have an outcome, either bringing clarity to what's currently happening or informing about the future so that we can position ourselves to be part of what God is doing. Now, before we move on from the gift of prophecy, there's one little kind of detour we're going to take together, and that's we're going to move from the New Testament to the Old Testament for a moment. Because in the Old Testament, before Jesus came to earth, the gift of prophecy was used in a very different method than it was for New Testament times. In fact, there was a different capacity and a different way that the gift of prophecy happened. Because in the Old Testament, the prophets were handpicked by the Holy Spirit. They were handpicked by God to deliver specific messages. And the Old Testament prophets had a different form of this gift. And so it actually did not require discernment because the Old Testament prophets were literally acting as mouthpieces for God. So later on, when Peter, one of the apostles, is writing a letter to a group of churches, he's reminding the church because there was this stream of the new Christians that were saying, well, we can just dismiss the Old Testament. We can just push that aside and we can forget about it. And Peter's saying, no, 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 you can't. And Peter writes this, he says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. And so when Peter says no prophecy in Scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament. He's saying there was a unique way that this gift of prophecy was used in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, they didn't have to go through the discernment process because it was God directly speaking. But in the New Testament world that we are in now, that we're still living in 2,000 years later, the gift of prophecy is given to way more people than it was during the Old Testament times. And so because of that, we have to have this discernment process. We have to have this, these lenses that we look through where we discern it, we evaluate it, and we ask, what's the purpose? Is this encouraging to us? So that's kind of the gift of prophecy in a chunk. And maybe you're sitting here and you're starting to think, you know, maybe I've had some experiences like that. Maybe God has spoken. I want to encourage you to lean into that. And one of the most important things you can do, and we're going to come to this again near the end, is write them down. Anytime something like this happens, journal it. Write it down because our memories are fleeting. 
We'll forget details. We'll forget dates. We'll forget when it happened. And having a written record of what God has spoken, what God has shown you, is critically important. We're going to come back to why that's important in a moment. So we said we're going to talk about three gifts today, and we've talked about one prophecy. And the next two, word of wisdom and word of knowledge, operate very similar to the gift of prophecy, but they have a different purpose. And in fact, even Robert Clinton is kind of on the fence of saying, are word of wisdom and word of knowledge, are they two separate gifts, or are they just two different expressions of the same gift? But we know they're very similar to each other. And oftentimes we confuse them for each other. And so I'm going to kind of treat these, I don't know exactly where I land on this. I think that they are two separate gifts, but I also see ways that they operate as just two expressions of the same gift. So we're going to play it, we're going to be comfortable with the indefinite nature of these two gifts, and we're going to kind of address them and talk about them together. And so Paul instructs us about these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12.8. He says this, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, to give wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And so the word of wisdom, we'll talk, talk about these in order, the word of wisdom is a gift where the Holy Spirit provides someone with situational wisdom that is meant for a specific individual. So before, where the gift of prophecy was to a large group, to a church, to a gathering, words of wisdom is a gift where you, are, you may be given specific advice or wisdom that is meant for a specific individual for a specific time and point in their life. And then the word of knowledge is similar in this way where it's, it's targeted to an individual. Word of knowledge is a gift where the Holy Spirit provides someone with information they could not know by any other human means about a specific individual. Now, this is a gift that sometimes we look at that and we're like, well, wait a second. You mean someone might come up to me and tell me something that, about myself that they couldn't possibly know? Well, yes, that might happen. That's the way the word of knowledge gift works. It's because God knows us intimately. God knows us to our very core. We can't have secrets from God. And so the word of knowledge is a gift where God will speak to someone with this gift and give them information that they are meant to come and speak to you because it's about revealing God in your life. Words of wisdom and words of knowledge always bring encouragement and build up the person receiving the word. So here's the first qualifier on both of these gifts. If there is shame or condemnation in the message, then the gift has either been mishandled or misused. Because if someone comes to you with a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge for you, if they're coming and they're like, you know what, I know what you did. You made a mistake and this is the problem and here's how you got to fix it. You can shut that down that very instant because they are mishandling and misusing their gift. Now instead, if someone comes with love and truth and grace and says, hey, I want to walk with you. I want to help you. And this is the specific area where God has given me something to help you. And we're going to keep this private. We're going to, I'm going to walk with you on this chunk of your journey. That's the word of wisdom or word of knowledge being used in a healthy way. And again, these two gifts require discernment the same way that prophecy does. And so how do we discern them? The same four lenses. Scripture, experience, reason, and confirmation. How do we evaluate what we've heard from the Holy Spirit before we act on it? Because that is the critical part of these messaging gifts. We have to make sure we know who it's from. I mean, you all get this. Everyone here that has an email account, you get spam emails. And one of the attempts that you get is they use a term called phishing. 
and phishing emails are when you get sent an email and they try to pretend to be someone you know. Often they'll try to pretend to be your bank or your financial institution. They'll be like, hey, we need you to update your records. Can you click this link and then log in and then update your personal information? And you think, oh, yeah, my bank needs an update. So I'm going to click that. And you go to a website and you type in your login info and then it just throws an error message up. And you're like, oh, what was that? Well, what that was was someone else capturing your information. See, if we don't know who the message is from, and in fact, if you go back to that email and you look at the from address, it's going to be something weird. We need to be careful that we don't get caught by phishing attempts. So when we talk about these gifts, when we talk about prophecy, when we talk about word of wisdom, we talk about word of knowledge, we have to discern to know that it came from the Holy Spirit. Now there's one disclaimer, a big one that I want to give on this, and this is an important one of saying there are some topics that are off limits and we handle them in a different way. Because there are certain topics and parts that are off limit because the potential for harm if the message is incorrect or poorly received. You may have heard the message wrong and you go to someone and say, hey, I, I'm supposed to tell you about this. Or sometimes you may have the message completely right, but the person isn't willing to receive it. And they aren't able to comprehend and walk with you and recognize this is from God. And so topics like pregnancy, death or sickness, something like you think that someone is supposed to quit their job and do a career change, large life-altering things like this, there's an extra step you need to take. And so if you think you've received a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge that's about one of these kind of off-limits topics, here's what you got to do. Start by holding on to it. Write it down. Put the date on it. Write down everything you experienced as that was given to you. And then pray about it continually. That doesn't mean pray about it once and then let it go. Pray about it daily. Pray for this person because maybe God was giving you this information because he wants someone to be praying for this person. And so you might get an information of knowing like this person is going to lose their job or this person, you know, there's going to be a horrible event happen in their life. Pray for them. God may be giving you this information just for you to be, have that gift of intercession and to pray on their behalf for what's going to happen. Then you need to watch for the Holy Spirit to act. And if the Holy Spirit prompts you again and again and there's a confirmation that you are supposed to speak to this person, then find someone you trust and run it by them first. In confidence, work through it. Say, hey, I think I'm supposed to talk to this person about this. What do you think? Have that conversation in confidence and in trust. Commit to praying about it. And only then, if those boxes all get checked, then talk to someone about it. Because here's what might be happening. So that vision that I told you about, the river, happened on February 26th. The time for sharing it was not now until May 2026th. See, there was a gap in that time period of saying that there needed to be time for that message to incubate, to be ready for our church to hear it today. And sometimes part of this too is that God may be giving you this information because your role is actually to provide confirmation after it happened. So maybe this life event happens and then you get to go to them after and say, hey, I've been praying for you for the last three months about this. And we start to realize, wow, isn't God good? God knew that you needed prayer or knew that you needed encouragement. And so he gave you that encouragement and let it develop and incubate and be ready for the time it is now. So 
we have to be careful with these gifts because if they're mishandled, and if they're used in an overly directive or an authoritarian way, they can steer us wrong and they can cause harm for us. Because we have to be careful with these ones. When someone comes to you with a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or a prophecy, one of the tests to say is, is there humility in this or are they demanding? Someone comes to you and says, hey, quit your job. You're supposed to go do this for a career. And that comes out of left field. You're not going to be ready for it. So spend the time praying, write it down, let it develop, work through it, talk to trusted people, hold it in confidence, not, don't let it become gossip. Because when these gifts work well, man, they're cool to experience. And it is encouraging and it is exciting and it makes us even more aware of how deeply God loves us when we see these gifts in action. Now, we've talked about how these three are communicative gifts, but there's a different place I want to end with this message. Because not everyone has a gift of prophecy, the gift of word of wisdom, or the gift of word of knowledge. But every follower of Christ has the ability to hear God speak to you. It is not just people with these gifts that can hear from God. Everyone can. And we know that because when Jesus was promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples, he told them this, and this was a promise not just for the 12 of them in the room, But this was a promise for all of us that continues on. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, but when my father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. Another term he uses is the comforter, that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. To teach and to remind is to communicate. And there are more scriptures that we could go to that talk about how God takes pleasure and enjoys speaking to his followers. Jesus at one point declares that he is the good shepherd and my sheep follow me because they know my voice. Every follower of Christ can hear from God. But the gifts of prophecy, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge have a different sort of purpose and outcome wrapped around them. And so here's kind of our our cheat sheet of saying this, that the method of prophecy, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge have different recipients. So if it's the gift of prophecy, the recipient is a large group, a church, a congregation, and the purpose is either prediction or insight. The word of wisdom, the recipient is an individual, and it gives situational advice. The gift of word of knowledge is, again, for an individual and gives information that leads to encouragement and exhortation and helps the person grow in their life with Christ. But the fourth way And there's more than this for ways that God speaks. But the fourth big one that we're going to look at, I'm deeming as listening prayer. That prayer becomes two-way, that it's not just about us asking God for things, but that we learn to listen in prayer for how the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us through prayer. And when the Holy Spirit speaks through that, the recipient is personal. It's you. When you ask God to speak, he will. And so we need to learn how to discern, but recognize that usually when God speaks, he's speaking to you personally. And the purpose for that is relational and directional. God wants a relationship with us. We are not his followers at a distance. We sang about being a child of God, and every parent wants a close relationship with their child. That's the same way that God wants a relationship with us. And God also provides direction in this but it's specific direction for you that still needs to be evaluated, still needs to be discerned, still needs to be confirmed by Scripture. 
But God speaks to us on a one-on-one basis to provide direction. So there's a demarcation point in the purpose and the audience that we need to be able to see and recognize. And sometimes these lines get blurry. And that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't fit in the boxes that we create around him. The Holy Spirit and God does what he sets out to do. So are we willing to walk with God in those times? And so here's the last kind of two pieces that I want to leave us with before we wrap up today. Saying if you don't have the spiritual gift of prophecy, word of wisdom, or word of knowledge, then your responsibility is to help discern these gifts when they happen. These gifts require community around them in order to function properly. In fact, a prophet cannot be a solo lone ranger. Someone with words of wisdom or words of knowledge cannot be a lone ranger that is just out doing their own thing because they need community around them. That's why these gifts, the overarching declaration that Paul makes about spiritual gifts time and time again that we've repeated almost every Sunday of this series, is that the gifts are given with the purpose to build each other up, to minister to one another, to encourage one another. All gifts are outwardly focused. But they're not just outwardly focused. They're interdependent and they require community in order to be practiced. These gifts require us to live in relationships with one another. We cannot do these gifts alone. We cannot do any of the gifts alone. So if you've been here with us through this series, I hope that you've been looking at yourself reflectively and saying, are some of these gifts resonating with us? And I know I've had conversations with some of you about recognizing, I think I have the gift of X. And how exciting and encouraging is that? And so we've been wrapping up each message of this series by taking time to pray for people with these gifts, the ones we've spoken about today. And so that's how we're going to close today. We're going to take a moment and I'm going to pray for people in this room that have gifts of prophecy, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. But maybe if you've missed a week of this series, I want to encourage you to sometime head to our website and you can catch the podcasts we record and we podcast all our messages here because I don't want you to miss out on what could be one of your gifts. Because again, this is about creating a common foundation and a common understanding for how we live out these gifts together. So let's take a moment and let's pray for these. God, thank you that you are a communicating God, that you desire a relationship with us, that you call us your children, and like the good father you are, that you desire to speak to us and guide us and lead us. And so Father, right now I'm praying for people in this room who have gifts of prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I pray that you would help us see and recognize times when you have spoken to us in the past, maybe ways that we didn't recognize before. But Lord, I pray that you'd give us clarity around these. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the tools and the skills to handle these gifts well moving forward. That when we receive this communication, these messages from you, that we would treat them properly the way that you intend for them to be treated. May we have discernment. May we have evaluation. May we be deep in your word so that we know those filters. Lord, and when we see you speak, when you tell us and you give messages to us, Lord, would we be a church that is known for obedience? Would we be a church that is known for following the messages you've given to us? Would you guard us from being scared of when you speak? And instead, let us lean in with intensity 
and let us lean in with desire to know you more. And Lord, I pray for the other spiritual gifts we've talked about in this series, the word gifts and the love gifts, gifts of faith and intercession. And Lord, I pray that you would be nurturing these gifts in us, that these would practically shape and affect who we are and how we live out our relationship with you. So in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray all these things together. Amen. Folks, that's it for today. But next week, we are diving into another set of these supernatural gifts that the Spirit gives to us. And we're diving into, over the next two weeks, some of the gifts that often make us scratch our heads and make us sometimes feel confused. But I want to encourage you to plan to be here. I want to encourage you to lean into these because if we miss out and if we dismiss certain spiritual gifts, the only ones that it harms is ourselves. So folks, I pray that you'd be encouraged this week. I hope that you have an amazing week and plan to be here for the next two weeks as we continue the series. Have a great day, folks. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.